Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, Go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. You just heard Mark Fry talking about it, and I am here at the St. Paul Public School School Choice Fair. Um, It is going on at the St. Paul River Center. Free parking is available, uh, shuttle service as well, so you don't have to come down here and pay for parking. There are translators in multiple languages. Uh, I am watching a Somali family right now uh, get early screening for their kiddos. Um, because they think that um, there are some markers there uh, that the child may show signs that they have autism. Um, and, And I'm posted up now here right outside the early childhood screening because um, a lot of these families are here because they heard me talk about it on the radio. They've seen me posting about it on my social media channels. Uh, Several of these families have reached out to me um, to ask for help and guidance as they get services and resources for their children who either have been diagnosed with autism recently or they think they may be on the spectrum. Um, Because my family and I are advocates for kids Um, who have special needs as well as their parents. And, you know, I just, a a lot of times we make lemonade out of lemons over here. That's what we do in this family. We take our our misery and and we turn it into a ministry. And I just remember um, I was at the airport this time last year when um, my daughter started coughing and said her chest hurt. And the next thing I know, she had trouble breathing. So we went down to the airport and, you know, we were getting COVID tests for everybody in the family. That was the one place that we could get a screening um, as quickly as possible. They had some afternoon appointments that Saturday. I'll never forget. And, you know, I've got these kids on the spectrum. And so we get in there and they're terrified Uh, The lines are long. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of commotion, plus the airport traffic of people flying in and out of MSP. And so my son Daniel was just terrified, and he started crying. Uh, This was before he even got his nose swabbed. And the lady who was there at the facility told my child to shut up. And I had a decision to make. I was either going to go to jail for beating the hell out of her or we were just going to leave. 
so we left. Um, and I remember calling my friends at the Autism Society of Minnesota, and they said, Shaletta, we are working with an amazing group. They are putting on some sensory-friendly vaccine clinics. And you know what? You know, if you, you want to go over here and get your kids um, vaccinated so they'll be safe when they go to school, we have got you covered. And it was such a relief because they talked about how they were training the people who were going to be passing out the shots and how the lights were going to be low. And, you know, there wasn't going to be a lot of foot traffic because the people at the Autism Society of Minnesota understand what our special needs kids need. And so I'm just glad that um, the work continues there. And Ellie Wilson is joining us now. And you have another vaccine clinic. You're partnering with my friends over at Children's Minnesota. Um, and to make this happen, James Burroughs, I saw him uh, Thursday night, and he was talking about it. He was excited that they'll be working with you all to put this on. I'm so glad you're here, Ellie, and I just thank you for doing the work. Uh, it's, it's our pleasure, Shaletta. Stories like yours, stories that we hear from families about some of these scary experiences that sort of came to everyone's attention during the pandemic are also reflections of what a lot of families feel about their medical care all the time. You know, I imagine yeah. that though the pressure of COVID and, and the story of COVID is one that we're still a big part of, but I imagine that those appointments have never been easy for your family, even when you were getting them sort of their typical health care. And that's what we're mm -hmm. here to help with. That's part of what we're learning and can continue to offer um, as we grow through these pandemic times. Now, that's the thing you continue to offer. Um, you know, this wasn't just a one-time uh, sensory-friendly vaccine clinic. You've got more coming up. Tell us all about it because, you know, as I'm sitting outside of this early childhood screening um, at the St. Paul School Choice Fair, I'm seeing a lot of these families that I have either talked to um, over this past six months. I have counseled via Zoom. I have met with in person as we socially distanced with masks on to try to make sure they are connected to services and resources um you, you know you do this work and, and it's ongoing and you've got another one of these sensory friendly vaccine clinics coming up that's right this time with our partners at children's who i can attest have invested a lot of time and energy not just in their vaccine clinics but in thinking about patient care that they provide you know all throughout the year to all ages at all their clinics so this is how it's going to work Next week, um, starting on okay. December 13th, there's going mm -hmm. to be there's going to be three vaccine clinics next week, one full day at three different sites. So one day okay. will be in St. Paul, one day will mm -hmm. be in Maple Grove, and one day will be in Brooklyn Park. And uh, we'll make sure everybody can get this information in the website in a second. But basically, what we're going to be able to provide is at these children's sites. So we're not talking about pop-up clinics. We're talking about at children's clinic sites, we're going to be able to partner up with their staff and the Multicultural Autism Action Network who are making sure that everything we provide, we are also providing to our families in Somali, Oromo, Latinx, Native communities to make sure that everyone has access to these appointments. And the cool thing is we can get you updated COVID vaccines 
We can do flu vaccines, but technically, because Children's is such a robust partner, really, we could take on anything if we can uh, work with these families to schedule the opportunities ahead of time. And that's really special. This is what we're extending beyond what we are doing in the name of getting through a pandemic as a community to recognizing this is something that a lot of special needs families would benefit from just in the management of their health care always. And it's a and, really, and that's really the thing. exciting opportunity. It is. And let me tell you why. Because when you got kids with special needs, you can't keep going back and forth to the doctor. It's traumatizing right. for some of our kids on the spectrum. And so if you can right. go one time and get everything all at once and you don't have to go back, um, that's a game changer, right, Allie? That's right. And we'll still be the kind of things that you were talking about that felt so helpful to your family, things like uh, making sure that the environment is not too overwhelming, all the way down to just like how are families treated? You know, it, it hurts my heart. It rankles my soul to hear that your family went somewhere in the time of need and were not treated fairly and were not treated appropriately. Unfortunately, that's a story that too many families of kids with disabilities know. And what we want to ensure is that even if the appointment takes a little longer, even if it is an emotional experience for a kid and they need time to process or they need everybody to be patient while they kind of calm down or get distracted, that's exactly what we're there to do is provide that really compassionate care that just says, we know what our priority is. If we can get it done, we're going to find a way to get it done. Okay, now hold on, girl. We got to take a quick commercial break. But I have a group of, let's see, three moms, two dads, and their kids around me waiting for me to give them this website so that they can register for the sensory-friendly vaccine clinic um, and find out what other um, health-related needs they can get taken care of through the Autism Society of Minnesota with uh, the folks over at Minnesota Children's, my friend James Burroughs, um, the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion over there, always on the front line of autism awareness, acceptance, and being an advocate for our kids. We're going to, oh, two more parents just showed up, girl. They heard sensory friendly vaccine. I can't get rid of them. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to make sure they and you get that information next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 
I'm still chatting with my friend Ellie from uh, the Autism Society of Minnesota. She is joining this show as she has done in times past because she is a tireless advocate and works so hard to make sure our children who have special needs have not just a better quality of life, but the best quality of life. And um, Ellie, we were talking before the break about the sensory-friendly vaccine clinics that you have coming up throughout um, the metro area for families who have kids with special needs does, does not necessarily have to be autism. Um, you right. know, it could be kids who have sensory issues, kids with ADHD, kids with down. If you have a kid that needs uh, some extra love and attention, you want to get them vaccinated, make sure they are protected and safe as they go out into this universe uh, with this triple dimmick we got going on that everybody is talking about and scaring the bejesus out of me. Um, then you want to get to one of these clinics um, to make sure that, your child is somewhere um, and people understand them and they know what the challenges are and they are prepared and ready to receive them. Now, I was telling you, I'm broadcasting this show live from the St. Paul Public School uh, Choice Fair at the River Center. And when I said sensory-friendly vaccine clinic, because I am posted up outside of the early childhood screening, um, you know, table, a lot of moms and dads are just kind of standing around waiting to get that information, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, I'm so glad that we have a chance to talk about it with you, Shaletta. You always help us find the right audience. And I know a lot of families care about your story and relate to your story. So I hope they're listening so that we can um, get this opportunity to the people that need it. Um, can I talk a little bit about how people should sign up? Do you think that's good? Yes, that's what we need, okay. girl. That's what they're waiting on, girl. I'm, I'm passing our pen and paper right now because they're listening okay, and they're waiting. <laughs> so here, here is, I'm so glad you made the point. You absolutely do not have to have an autistic child. The rule is, is that you have to, you, it has to be somebody that could be served by a pediatrician. So whatever age that is, as long okay. as they're seeing a pediatrician, that's a good place to start. Then um, the, also, the other thing I want to clarify is that you do not have to be an existing children's patient in order to qualify for these appointments. However, if you are a children's patient, it means there's going to be records of your child's vaccines thus far, which is very helpful. If you are new to children's, that's okay. Their arms are open to you. However, you should know that you're going to have to bring a little bit of extra paperwork so that we can make sure that we have good records of uh, what your child's vaccinations have been thus far. So that's going to okay. be important. Other than that, okay. the process is the same for everybody, Okay. And that is this. We're going to send people to our website at www.ausm.org. That's my organization, the Autism Society of Minnesota. When you visit that website, you will see that depending on which date and location you are interested in. So Tuesday, we're going to be in St. Paul. Thursday, we're going to be in Maple Grove. And Friday, Uh we're going to be in Brooklyn Park. So depending on your schedule or your location, you can pick which clinic you're interested in, and then you're going to call the scheduling line and say, I want to be a part of the sensory-friendly vaccine clinic. We have plenty of appointments left. Last time I checked, we were about half full. 
And so we're going to be able to serve at least 100 more families in the next, you know, who are ready to sign up in the next couple of days. And okay. they will, they'll give you the instructions. Where do you park? How do you come in? And they'll also be able to say if there's anything you're really nervous about, um, you know, if you're, if some families might say like, hey, it's really important that we not talk in front of the child about vaccination too much, about getting a shot too much, because mm. if you talk about it too much, it'll stress them out. It's okay to mm-hmm. say that to the scheduler. It's also okay, okay. to say my child um, might make a lot of noise. Is that okay? And they're going to say, yes, absolutely. You know, so any, when you talk to that scheduling person, if you have any particular questions, that's what they're there to do. They're there to help. But we are prepared to take appointments for all three of these dates and locations. And we're so excited okay. to meet some new families to us. Okay, some new families are going to be coming because they are standing around the table where I am at the St. Paul's Food Choice Fair outside of the early childhood screening. One mom just passed me a note and said, what is the fee? Is there a charge? Um, can you talk to us about that? Yeah, this is not about um, appointment charges, so there is no specific cost for the appointment. Um, you know, our healthcare system is as it is, so things like does your insurance cover vaccination? Many COVID vaccinations are covered for free. You know, mm-hmm. there's no charge for those kinds of appointments. If you're looking at uh, other vaccinations, your insurance information might be helpful for us to look at, but the point is, that we're going to provide the service to you in a way that really works for your child and your family. I am so excited about this event. Give folks the website where they can get more information. Again, I want to make sure that they don't miss this opportunity to get their special needs kiddos over to the autism sensory friendly uh, vaccine clinics uh, that you have coming up uh, very soon. I don't want people to miss this uh, I want families to be able to take advantage of this because, you know, a lot of times, Ellie, you know, our children are the last special needs kids are the last ones to play. They're the last right. ones to get on the bus. They're the last ones to eat lunch. And we want to shine a spotlight um, on this event because you are putting our kids first. And that means something. Yeah, well, thank you. You can find more information about this, all the clear information about each clinic at www.ausm.org. If you're more uh, a Facebook family instead of just a website family, you can also find the Autism Society of Minnesota Facebook page. And one more time, I just want to shout out the two partners that will also have information on their websites, and that's Children's Hospital and Clinics of Minnesota and also the Multicultural Autism Action Network. Awesome has never run a vaccine clinic without the Autism Action Network, and they are wonderful and have information on their page as well. Well, I just thank you for the work you do for our kids in our community, and I I swear I pray for y'all every day um, because I don't know where our family would be without you. When we first got to Minnesota, we didn't know where to go. We didn't know what to do. We just knew we had these three kids who could not talk or look at us, who were still in pampers. We had to blend up their food. Um, no eye contact. Did not know where their tummy was uh, when the screener asked them when they were three and four and five years old. Could not say their name or remember their addresses. And now look at them. You know, got their own podcast and writing books and, you know, doing interviews and 
you know, just the amazing things that my children are doing. People want to know what's in the secret sauce. I, I sent them right on over there to you because um, your uh, group, awesome, is awesome, and they've made a difference in the lives of my children. Well, you're so sweet, Shaletta. And, you know, I, I know that there are two halves to that story. We always want to be connecting families to the resources they need yes, so that they can make progress as a family and achieve you know, goals and outcomes that are meaningful to their families. But also part of what I love about your family story is how much you have loved all of your children from the day that they were born. You know how much they mm. deserve love and acceptance in all phases of their growth, just like all children do. They deserve spotlight like all children do. They deserve to be put first like all children do. And that's the tone that we want to set with the Autism Society and Children's and the Multicultural Autism Action Network and the Shaletta Brundridge Show. So this is what we're doing together. It's wonderful work, and I'm just happy to share it with you always. Well, I am happy to have you on the show. Ellie has been joining us courtesy of John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. More on the Shaletta Show when we come back. You know, our kiddos, our kids, our children have just been slammed. They've had the COVID pandemic. Schools were shut down. They were isolated from their friends in their support system. And as parents, we didn't have anybody we could call to say, hey, how did you handle that time when there was a pandemic and your child couldn't get to basketball, football, school? How did you, you deal with that? There was no precedent as a parent of how you should navigate or handle your children during this time. And because of that, we experienced a mental health crisis for our kids. And the CDC even declared it. You know, and, and you know, as parents, I have to say, it, it's difficult to say my child needs some help and I can't figure it out. Because as parents, we want to be the problem solvers. We want to be the ones to say, I know what's wrong with my kid. I'm his mama. Who knows him better than I do? Who knows her better than I do? I, I, I birthed her. I breastfed her. I changed her pampers. But those counselors, those therapists, they're there for a reason. Those organizations that stand in the gap to help our children with their mental health needs are absolutely needed. And they were slammed during the pandemic. Waiting lists got longer. Staff members left. So the staffing shortage was real. You got a long wait list and a short staff list. That, that don't match. But I'm so glad that we have people like Craig Warren stepping up. He's the new CEO of Washburn Center, um, making him the first person of color to lead the nonprofit. He has been the acting CEO since May. And I just can't wait to talk to him about how this pandemic has impacted our kids, their mental health, and how he has taken on this role. And he has seen it as a catalyst and not seen this situation as a catastrophe. Baby, let me tell you something, Craig. I thought I saw the glasses half full. 
you see the glasses all the way full. And I know damn well ain't but a half glass of water over there. You are looking at this pandemic and the mental health crisis, and you are saying, you know what? This is a great opportunity for us to change things, to do something new and different, and, and to make a difference for our kids. I'm, I'm welcoming you to this show, and I'm hoping some of your optimism rubs off on me today. Well, thank you, Shaletta. Thank you. Now, talk to me about this new CEO role. You were over at Twin Cities United Way. You've come over to the Washburn Center. Uh, You've been there since May. What are some of the things that you see um, that are going to be some of the first things that you prioritize for our kids who are experiencing a mental health crisis? Well, I mean, you talked about it, Shaletta. You talked about the impact on staff. We do what we do because of incredibly talented, compassionate, dedicated clinicians, and it's very challenging for them. So one of the things we're doing is really making sure that we're taking care of the health and wellness of our staff um, because that's where we're able to support the kids. And it's kind of like if you're on an airplane, kind of put the mask on yourself before you put the mask on, on, you know, on the child is sort of a similar thing. So that's very important to us in terms of how we invest in the development of our staff, how we focus on making sure they're taking care of themselves and that we're retaining them. That's a huge focus in terms of our ability to do our work to support the kids and the families that are navigating this crisis. Now, you know, I've talked to a couple of people that I know, and, and one of the things that kept coming up is bold. They keep saying you're a bold leader. You're a bold leader. Um, if you had to describe yourself and, and looking at this boldness and, you know, another thing that, that came up is compassion and, you know, equity and growth. Uh, uh, when they talk about bold and you think of yourself, what, where does that come from? What does that look like? I mean, I, I mean, a part of it comes from being an African-American man who's grown up in America and in my professional life, spending a lot of time in spaces where there's not a lot of other black men or black people or even brown people in that. So I think if, if you're going to go into the world and do, you know, the talents that are given to you and bring those and manifest those in spaces where people who are like you aren't there, inherent in that has got to be a degree of, of, of boldness. And that certainly um, is the case for me. Um, and I, I'm also driven by being bold to make things happen. Um, equity is so, so important in terms of the work that Washburn does and in terms of our broader kind of country and society moving forward. And I think you have to be bold when you're talking about dealing with some of the systemic biases and systemic racism that have existed within this country. You're not going to be able to counter that and then really help people who are impacted by that unless there's a degree of boldness, I believe, as part of your leadership. And, you know, I was looking at some of the statistics and um, the Washburn Center – 50% of the clients are uh, children from communities of color. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that you are there now and you see things from a different lens, um, you know, it it makes a difference. You know, I've, I've got this podcasting platform and three of our podcasts are hosted um, by licensed professional therapists, all African-American. And, you know, the thing that we talk about all the time is making sure that, you know, when kids, our kids come to us and their parents come to us, we can understand the culture, the history, how difficult, you know, making a decision to even call a therapist was in the first place. And the fact that this may be the first time in, you know, that particular family's history that they even reached out for help. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean, it's a cliche, but representation really does matter on every mm-hmm. on every level. 
in terms of um, black and brown people feeling like they can pursue this as a career, them feeling like they can advance into leadership roles within that, even for families feeling like they want to get pursue services. I mean, because within some communities, particularly black and brown communities, there's a little bit of a stigma and a bias against pursuing mental health and acknowledging kind of the importance of that and the trauma, particularly with black people that we've faced over generations and generations that manifest in a lot of ways, which really is not an aspect of our culture, really is a manifestation of, of multi-generational trauma. So seeing people in leadership roles, seeing people in clinical roles, who look mm-hmm. like you, who have the same cultural identities as you, as you is so important in terms of the quality of care and in terms of being able to kind of recruit and retain uh, clinicians and staff. And, you know, I'm just so glad you're there. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Uh, we're talking to uh, Craig Warren, the new acting CEO of the Washburn Center, uh, the first leader of color in the nonprofit history. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to continue to talk to Craig about the future, the vision he has for this historic center. More with Craig after the break. We are continuing our conversation with Craig Warren, the new acting CEO at the Washburn Center. And Craig, I want to talk about how we normalize mental health, especially in communities of color. Um, You know, I've got three kids with autism, and I remember thinking something's not right about my kids. They're not looking at me. They're not really talking to me. Uh, They're not responding. They don't don't know how to play with their toys. And I remember going to my mom and saying, Mama, something's wrong with my baby. And she's like, oh, ain't nothing wrong with the baby. And I said, well, I'm going to take him somewhere maybe and get him tested. That, that baby does not need no testing, Chaletta. You just, you just being dramatic. Leave that child alone. He'll talk when he gets ready to talk. And so as I started moving into these spaces and, and talking to, you know, my white female counterparts, they were not having this resistance. And it wasn't just my mm. mom. It was my aunts. It was my uncles. You know, it was my grandmother. It was my great-grandmother. Leave that baby alone. Le- he's not bothering you. He's sitting over there quiet. But he should be talking to me. He should be asking me for something. He should be trying to get potty trained. And so I, I don't know if there is a shame or a stigma um, or, you know, I don't know what it is, but we have got to start normalizing, you know, uh, and prioritizing the mental health of our children in communities of color. No, I totally agree. And I but I think going back to I think this is one of the manifestations of of racism in the in the U.S. within uh, the black community and other communities of color. There's a complicated um, relationship with the medical uh, system. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, just more, bro- more broadly, even beyond mental health. And I think when you, there's a broader, complicated, kind of troubled history just with the medical system and healthcare system in general. And when you dial in on that for mental health, that gets even more complicated um, within that. So I think there are um, these biases um, coming out of racism and some negative things which these systems have done that haven't been in the best interest of our communities that very rationally have people kind of hesitant to engage with that. So I think that's something that's real that's out there. But back to what we were talking about before the break, representation matters. Seeing people who are in these fields like you makes a difference in terms of your willingness to go to that. Hearing other people you know talk about this. I mean, I'm so grateful for what Simone Biles did. I think what Simone Biles did during the Olympics I think it actually had for our community and for the society as a whole began a shift in terms of the stigma around mental health. Because if someone's like her and she clearly is at the top of her game and she is struggling with this, 
it's okay for me to struggle with this. And from Naomi Osaka and Michael Phelps and other athletes on that stage to come, you know, beyond that, I think is a shift in terms of there's something going on. I'm a parent. I need to get help. I'm a child. I need to say I need to ask for help. And I think that helps shift the stigma because it is, um, I would argue, a little bit of a cultural societal bias and stigma around this. And you need the people around you to talk about and be vulnerable about when they got care for their kids or they got care for themselves and having other people who are influencers talk about the importance of mental health. And I think that begins that shift. And, you know, I'm telling you, I am always talking about it. And, um, Mm. you know, some people come to me and say, well, can you talk about something else? You know, you, every time I turn on the radio or every time I look at a social media post, you're talking about autism or you're talking about, you know, kids going to get your kids going to therapy or, you know, I said, because somebody's got to say it. You know, if I don't say mm-hmm. it and I, and I have this platform and I have this stage, then who will? You know, there's a mother out there who's looking at her child and she's seeing that something is not quite right. And if she hears me, then, then maybe she goes and, and gets her child tested or, or her child checked. If I talk about the difficulty I had raising uh, three children with special needs at the same time, and then going through a divorce then you know, and, and how, you know, seeing somebody and talking to somebody helped me, then maybe they'll think that it's okay, too. Because you know as well as I do, Craig, in our community, if you need to talk to somebody and you need some help and you can't pray your way through it, that's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, I, and I'm so grateful for what you're doing with that because I think we need more people who have a voice to talk about this, to as you talked about, um, to normalize it. Because I... I I can't tell you, you asked me why I'm hopeful about this work, because when I talk to families who've gotten services and have been impacted by that, there's no way you can't be helpful, because parents are at a point where, like you talked about, this is my baby, this is my child, and I can't provide for them what they need, and I don't know what to do, and that is so demoralizing, and to be at a place Mm. where you hear parents on the other side of that, where their child, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't have hope, and now I have hope, Mm. and not only do I have hope, I see my child change. I see my child grow who might have been suicidal and now they're graduating from college. My child was in preschool and was going to be expelled. And because of the support and services they got, they're able to self-regulate and express themselves in in school. I mean, Shaletta, there's no way not to be hopeful and optimistic, optimistic when you see the challenges that families and kids are facing. And then you see people come through the other side of that and how transformative that is for the child, is for the family, for the siblings. Okay, what is um, your big picture goal over at the Washburn Center? You know, you've been there since May, um, and I know you've got a lot of things that you want to do and and are excited to get started. But what's one of the first things, um, you know, the one thing that you say, I can't wait till this happens? I cannot wait um, for us to continue to deepen the work we're doing on equity, diversity, and inclusion. You talked about the Mm -hmm. fact that over 50% of the kids and families we serve identify as you know, 50% of the population of Minnesota or even the Twin Cities. So the work that we do around with our staff around making sure that the services we provide become even more culturally responsive is one of the first things I want to focus on because there's a crisis out there for our kids and the kids, brown and black kids are overrepresented and, and they, need, they need that support on that and continuing to build our capability on that um, is, is important to me for our mission and important to me personally. Well, I can't thank you enough 
Craig Warren for coming on this show and talking to me about this difficult topic. I want to check in in a couple of months to see how things are going um, because you got a lot of work to do. Um, and, you know, we we are here to support you and give you a platform so that um, you can get the word and the message out to the masses um, that it is okay to not feel okay. And if you see that there is a problem um, in your child, there is a, a phone number you can call and a place you can go um, to not just get them help, but to get yourself educated because we can't help them if we don't know what they need. So, so thank you for mm-hmm. the work that you do, the vision that you have, and for coming on this show today. No, thank you for having me, Shaletta. And you all stick around. Do not go anywhere. I'm going to be chatting with Mark Fry. I want to get an update um, on uh, the the uh, trial, uh, the sentencing uh, surrounding the death of George Floyd. Um, he has the latest information on that. Uh, and so I, I got to get the deets. I got to get the details. And Mark Fry is there in the newsroom and has that information for us. I am at the St. Paul uh, School District School Choice Fair, downtown St. Paul at the River Center. We'll be here until 2 o'clock. Bring your kiddos on down and check it out. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 